Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. I did it. I did it. We are recording. There's video. You'll be able to find this on a video podcasting platform near you. You're welcome. Actually, thanks, Shannon. (laughs) She's the brave, the brave soldier who is willing to take not one, but two cameras and mush them together to make something a little bit spicier than just your standard 720 pixel iMac, iMac, iBook, you know, laptop, camera. So let's use the good old iPhone. And if you keep listening, if you keep watching, if you keep sharing, I will upgrade my gear just for you. Alrighty, my friend, I have a challenge for you today. And this is both inspired by my own struggle, but by the faith and knowing that you are as committed as I am to freedom agency, accessibility, (laughs) empowerment, and small business. The solopreneur, the creative, the artist who is brave enough to pull a vision out of the ether and give it physical form in this reality. Now, I'm not going to lie, my friend, this is not for the faint of heart. And we are probably all in a collective dark night of the soul. I'm actually, uh, for the Quantum Business Book Club, I am... I am drowning in a hero with a thousand faces. I bit I bit off a little more than I could chew with that one. But dark, dark night of the soul for someone who has been in a cave for their entire life. What that means is that we have we have said yes to the challenge, and we are currently in what feels like <laughs> a cave of our own making, full of nightmares and trials and tribulations. It is dark, it is stinky. We are doubting ourselves. We don't know if we have the strength to make it through. There is no light at the end of the tunnel, yet here we are. And we have to ask ourselves, how are we going to make it through? So this episode was inspired by my not one, but two fatal losses to corporate America. It all started with American Express when they promised me hundreds of thousands of bonus points if I hit a certain expenditure level within a few months. Now, I, I held up my end of the bargain but Amex sadly reneged. And what they don't know is they're up against a Taurus who will call and call and call and call and call. Because once upon a time, the system was designed to be a little convoluted. It was designed to be broken in the sense that after about seven calls, you could usually get through. Back in the day, you used to be able to say, please escalate this. And you could immediately speak with someone who at least had the decision-making power to help you solve your problem. But they have gotten <laughs> gotten hip to my jive. And it doesn't matter how many times you call. It doesn't matter how many names you write down, times of calls, recorded voicemails that you can play back to people. They actually just don't give a shit anymore. And they will renege on a deal that a poor, disempowered customer service agent working in a call center far, far away says to get you off the phone. And gone are the days where they will listen back to your call or where they will be beholden to a contract because you, my friend, did not read the small print on page 81 of the agreement you literally gave your firstborn children away to. So we have, we have a problem because if a small business tried to operate in the way that corporate America gets away with every damn day, we would all be bankrupt. 
But it is that exact opportunity that I offer you here today. Because the only thing corporate can compete with you on is pricing. And I tell you what, my friend, I will not be renewing my Amex card. <laughs> I don't give a shit what access it gives me. They, they reneged on a deal and I just do not do business with people like that. Now, I also went to war with QuickBooks. QuickBooks used to be amazing. And if you've worked with me at all in the last 25 years, I have recommended QuickBooks over Zero, over MYOB, over what was the other one that there was a desktop version? Quicken, Quicken, Quicken. I used to get great customer service. You could call up, they'd give you a number, you'd speak with an actual human being, and they would help you right then and there. But Tech Priestess, who was interviewed in the Relatable series, I think she was one of the first couple interviews, pointed out that anytime you're taking a business from 3000 to 10000 the first thing you do is cut customer support. And your customers, clients, and buyers will feel it. Now, if you've got employee numbers that high, you are at the very best a large cap small business, but chances are you're no longer a small business. This is the opportunity, my friend, because no one can do what you do. No one can offer the level of quality available to you and your creativity. And no one understands your people like you have the ability to do. You can give them exactly what they want. I'm not going to get into Web3. I'm not going to get into AI. I might touch a little bit on that. But why is there a space for small business? Because there will forever and always be people that want high touch. They want localized, customized, individualized service. They want to be able to speak to a human. Now, the challenge for business is that this isn't always scalable. That's what Tech Priestess was pointing out to me. And if you want to take your business global, if you want to be able to facilitate millions and millions of customers, something has to, to cut back. Something has to go. Something potentially has to suffer. When you've got a business of that size, you take advantage of that, of people like me who have subscribed to the service for long enough that the perceived opportunity cost of cutting and running feels too great. Not after the experiences I had last week. Fuck those guys. I'm currently shorting QuickBooks stock. It's, it's one great way to get back at, at any company. But they've also lost my recommendation. And look, I am a super small fish in a very large pond as far as QuickBooks is concerned. But I can tell you what, the customer service I'm experiencing is the customer service that everybody is experiencing. And this is going to be a sinking ship. This is one of the biggest problems that tech is experiencing is how do you scale and offer even remotely the same level of quality that your people are used to experiencing. And this is why smaller, more nimble tech firms are able to get in and take on a larger market share. We are currently fractionalizing in our experience. Experience. And personally, I have no desire to be something to everyone. This is the other opportunity with small business, with art, with creators, with visionaries, with trailblazers, with rule breakers, like find what's broken and then create one solution. Sell that. Now, are you going to create a, a gajillion dollar business? I don't know. But are you going to find enough people that give you sustainability and scalability 
at a level that offers both you quality of life and business and service and your customer client buyer quality in the product they are getting from you. I fucking hope so. We are creating new tools and we, we are even using tech to do that, to create something scalable. So once you have proof of concept, once you've gotten past the, uh, the doubt and like, will this work and do people want this focus your efforts on efficiencies that don't compromise the quality of your offering or your product. Now, when you figure out why your people work with you, what it is about you that keeps them coming back. That is what you monetize. That is what you rinse, wash, and repeat. That's what you like create the franchise mentality about, right? There's this local business here. I'm currently in Park City, Utah. Um, if you're watching, I'm incredibly backlit because there is a blizzard going on. Uh, it's only been white out snow conditions for three days straight. I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> I promise I'm not, not losing my mind. Um, so there's this little restaurant literally in the middle of nowhere. It is in between two cities air quotes. Um, I mean, park city qualifies. I think there's about, there's about 11,000 people here in season, which means there's about maybe 6,000 when it's off season. It's about 45 minutes from salt Lake, which is less than like a million people. Heber is the city on the other side of this restaurant. I I mean, I'd be surprised if there were 5,000 people in Heber full time. It is a tiny, teeny little mountain town in the middle of I mean, it's fucking stunning, like absolutely gorgeous. I'm letting the cat out of the bag on this one. Check it out. But um, yeah, there's nothing there. This restaurant is packed from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Monday through Monday, like seven days a week. It is open 12 hours a day and there is a line. It doesn't matter when you go, what's happening now. The catch 22 for this one is not only is this restaurant stupid busy, They've had the same staff working there for five to 10 years. Like it's the same hostess, same manager, same wait staff, the same kitchen staff. And when I was there on Sunday night at nine o'clock PM, after having waited in line for 30 minutes to sit down in a completely full restaurant. And if you've ever been in like a mountain town or a resort town, you know, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night is traditionally a very slow period. Like no one is out. It wasn't actually snowing. So I can't add that to the (laughs) drama and suspense, but as I'm sitting at the bar, watching the whole restaurant, cause I'm obsessed with businesses and I love to, I just, I like to make every business a case study. I'm watching staff clock out, right? It is like now they're doing their, their end of night duties and closing activities. And every single staff member is hugging each other. Goodbye. Like the front of house staff is going to the back of house staff and giving everybody hugs. And if you've worked in a restaurant, you know, that's pretty unusual. The kitchen is still pumping, which if you've worked in the service industry, you also know that when you get to that final hour, especially on a Sunday night, like if you walk in, if you get, if you get customers walking in, like everybody eye rolls, there's an audible sob. The kitchen's like halfway closed up. That is not what's happening here at all. Everybody is stoked for the business. They're working until the final minute of the final hour. And I, I just can't quite figure out what is it about this restaurant that makes it the outlier. Firstly, they, they pay their employees well. These employees, I think on average are paid about $3 more an hour than your typical restaurant employee and certainly kitchen staff. 
they empower their employees with decision-making so that if you, I've, I mean, I've only seen this once in the four years that I've been going there, but there was a person who had had too much to drink. And so the um, hostess got the attention of the restaurant manager, very young woman, and the restaurant manager proceeded to kick this guy out. Now, <laughs> what I will say about these, these, uh, these workers as they've grown up in a rural area. Most of them have grown up on like on a farm or with horses. Like th these are, these are tough young women, right? But there's, there's no drama. Like there's no gossiping. There's no like victim mentality. It's just like bing, bang, boom. We, we feel empowered and confident in doing our jobs. And I think that makes a huge difference. Now I haven't like interviewed the owner of this restaurant, but I have talked to management and I've talked to staff and everybody loves their jobs. They love their jobs. Most staff are working up to four days a week and they have the opportunity to work a fifth day. They can pick up extra shifts, but they can't work more than five days in a week. The staff is in the restaurant is very, very accommodating. A lot of the women that work there are young and single mothers, single dads. So really, really accommodating, very, very family oriented. I've seen moms bring their kids in if they've needed to. And the kid just sits at the bar with a coloring book. The rest of the staff looks after them. Like I'm getting a little lost in the weeds with the story, but the point is how does a restaurant that weathered 2020 that's in the middle of fucking nowhere, stay absolutely packed 24 seven, it is fantastic food, great value, and their people love being a part of it. Their people being their staff and their customers. It's actually that, is this a five-star restaurant? Like what are the, the costs of their food? I mean, I, they've done a great job with the kitchen. It's not a huge menu. So I think what they're doing is they're keeping their income over their expenses, which sounds super fucking simple. But the first thing I need to to make very clear is the only way to stay successful in business is to build a scalable model. And you would have heard me talk about profit first. It's super duper simple. It's not my system, but what I love most about it is it focuses on the fact you've got to make money. If we're going to call this business, if this is going to be a side hustle, if this is going to be a way to supply your art with tools and mediums upon which to create potentially education and skills so that you can improve. You still need to make money. And it's a pretty common as you know, one of the other things I was thinking about in recording this, um, like internet online businesses have are established. We've, we've got two decades behind us now at least. Right. And there have been a lot of flash in the pan, magic systems. This is how we do it. You pay me $100,000. And if you're not willing to invest, there's no way you're going to be successful. Brouhaha. All of that is old school. There is no one way of doing things. And so the sooner you can figure out how you work best, how to resource yourself and how to do it in a manner that's efficient. And I don't like efficient is a very sexy word, but what efficient does describe is a scenario that means you are getting what you want as easily as possible. That's what I mean by efficiency. And so as you're starting, as you're scaling, as you're sustaining, look to where are you spinning your wheels? What products or services are you offering that like you don't even like anymore or don't feel like a part of your core offering? What are you invested in or spending money on that maybe isn't bringing you the value it once did or that you had hoped it would? Business is kind of this constant state of review. 
And in as much as like corporate is sending you some bullshit fucking survey after you get off a call with some poor customer service agent who is set up for failure, they're collating that data. And you might not have an anonymous survey to send out after every call because you're on every call. You might not be looking at the customer journey between your social media profile and your sales opportunity, whether that's in the physical world or digital world, because it's just too much data for you to be paying attention to. But if that's the case, that means that you are probably managing, if not in this process from start to finish. So look to efficiencies, look to where can things be improved. And I told you I'd circle back to this, this again, this is not the focal point of this essay, essay, lol. <laughs> Does it, it feels a little bit like an essay, maybe, I don't know. Um, AI, which is just, we're, we're four months into chat GPT or GPT three as an example for this podcast, something that I'm playing with. So I've been using copy.ai, which is a platform that helps with copywriting. So what I'll, I'll pop in there with some ideas around a podcast, or if I'm feeling like I'm drawing a blank, I'll ask some questions and it'll help me organize my thoughts. If you've been listening, you know, my thoughts aren't always necessarily organized. So it's, it's helped with headline writing because you also know I like my wackadoodle headlines. You're welcome. This is my fucking art. You can, you can consume it or not. <laughs> I used to say this a lot when I first started. All you have to do is hit stop. You ain't, you ain't got to listen. You ain't got to bite. I'm doing this for me just as much as for you. But I can use this copy AI to help turn a podcast episode into a blog or a blog into an actual article I might submit for publishing. From there, I can use copy AI to help with some social media posts. And I do this more for brainstorming because writing after speaking is, is my second form of art. And, and I get a lot of, um, I just get a lot of like reward from writing and I have yet to let the robots take over. However, I can now take all of my audio recordings and pop them into another AI platform. We'll put some of these in the show notes that will then learn my voice. There is another AI that will create an avatar, a somewhat animated avatar of myself. And so I can now start writing and using these different AI platforms, create an animated audio version video recording of myself, despite the fact I'm not sitting in front of a camera and creating video. It took me like 30 minutes, probably even longer to actually get this all set up. That is a huge inefficiency that would be increased by having someone help me, but so would the costs of creating this. So that's what I mean when I talk about efficiencies, what tools are available to you and how can you start implementing them in your business now, because obviously it's going to take a while to fine tune that. And even as I am recording this, the reason that we finally got to the video component, even though I've been talking about that for six months is because the technology caught up. I can now use two cameras to record into the same platform rather than having to like edit two separate ones and sync them up. I can 
use a, a microphone that probably would have been prohibitively expensive and lighting. And you can get an entire studio set up now for like a couple hundred bucks. Whereas like even a year ago, it might've been closer to a couple thousand dollars. So the point being, the sooner you start playing with this stuff, the sooner you can benefit from it. And maybe you haven't even started your business yet. Maybe you don't want to start a business. Maybe you haven't started your side hustle or you're dreaming into different things learning what technology can do for us. And this is why I'm so obsessed with web three. And also this is not an episode on that. There are plenty of those there saying yes to these tools to me says, I want, I'm saying yes to success. And it's saying I am open and willing to what is possible. And I keep challenging everybody who says, I want to make an art NFT. I want to make a, I want to, I want to sell my 2d art. We've not even touched on what these smart contracts and automated executable software programs can do for us in our lives and business. It is changing the landscape. And as our business and our banking and our financial and our political and our economic systems reset, start over, defund, <laughs> we, we have this opportunity to create something completely and totally new. And corporate is fucking failing. They're sucking at what they do. Like think about airlines. Think about trying to got to get on an airplane and check your baggage and get it over the last year. Now, I mean, if I'm being a thousand percent honest, I haven't actually experienced any issues with that, but I know everybody else has. So it doesn't mean it's not happening. And Perhaps I'm not experiencing those things because of the way that I've chosen to perceive and exist and action in my life. I don't know. What I do know is that by being open to new opportunities, you will change your perspective. You will change your experience, right? So if you feel like you are stuck, you don't know what to do. You're in this liminal space. I feel like we've all been kind of in this like burn insurance since like 2018 of trying something new. I keep describing it as like two steps forward, three steps back. But in those two steps forward, I learn so much. I learn about my own efficiencies and inefficiencies. I learn what's rewarding. I learn about who I am in this moment, what it is I'm really doing, why I'm doing it, who I'm doing it for. I wasn't talking about Web3 a few years ago. I, yeah, I was dabbling in NFTs and crypto trading, but things are changing very, very quickly. And so you are not behind, you know, as Gary Vee likes to say, we're all awkwardly early to the party, but we are starting to gain momentum. Whereas even a year ago, less than 1% of the population owned and traded NFTs were up to about 8% of the world's population. Whereas less than 50% of the people had internet access, we're, we're now at... 50% of worldwide population having access to the internet through a smartphone. Right. So, um, and I believe this, we were around 15% in terms of cryptocurrencies and, and we're at, we're at about 50% of the world now having interacted with digital currencies. So that's, as we know, not necessarily cryptocurrency, they're not cryptographic, but we're, we're beginning to see we're, I, I believe we're on the very front side of mass adoption and in our political shifts and our economic shifts, we're probably only a few months out from that. Whereas six months ago, we were still a few years. So if, if you know, to reverse engineer that somewhat convoluted statement, 
we are compressing timelines and we're compressing deadlines. And we're going to start seeing these changes a hell of a lot sooner than we expected. So now is the time to start playing. Where does this make you so uncomfortable? Where do you feel like you don't have the same opportunities or you feel disenfranchised or you don't have access or you don't have agencies? Like what is the actual story you're telling yourself in your head? Write it down, please. Because that story is no longer real. And if it's a matter of time, energy available, resources available, money available, you can learn all of this stuff for free right now on YouTube. That's one of the reasons I've been so reticent to create this whole library of educational material. It already exists. What I am doing in the Discord container is just walking people through my live process. By no means is it financial advice. <laughs> it, is, it is actually showing you and demonstrating to you that it's messy. And even if you've done it a hundred times, the system is still clunky because we're still building it. So the sooner you get in on this, the sooner you are going to be inspired by what is possible because it is such early, early days. We don't even know what this technology is capable of yet. And you can be on the side of positive impact of creating the type of container, whether that's regulation or educational material or how to, to make this an actual safe and um, inclusive expansion. There's also valid hesitation in your own skill set. And what I mean by that is, I'll use myself as an example, as I often do here. Like I lack attention to detail. I am not a detail-oriented person. And so I've put a few regulations in place for myself in terms of trading, um, in terms of investing, in terms of NFTs, that's all very like web three oriented, but also in business that, you know, I hire certain people to complement my weaknesses. Um, there's also things I just don't want to do. And I've spent 25 years doing them. So that's different than like, I don't want to learn graphic design. It's like, well, if you're going to hire a designer, understanding how that industry and how that skill set works is going to give you the opportunity to manage that person more effectively. If you know it takes you a day to fuck around in Canva or Adobe Express to create an image, hopefully you'll appreciate your designer who can turn that around for you in an hour, right? That's what I mean by the narrative. If it's, I'm not good at this, have you ever tried? How long have you tried? Are you spending your spare time trying to figure this out? Do you not have any spare time? What are your priorities? Like this is all like a pretty slippery slope, right? But what tech is allowing us to do in a way that we've never done before is leverage the skill set and the resources of others. So you can contract out. You can find the experts that are willing to do what you need at the price point you're willing to pay. Now, the quality of work will directly reflect what you're willing to pay, but sometimes just to get started, we just need something quick and dirty. It's okay if it's a little sloppy. It's going to help us understand how to get there quicker. And if you're willing to spend a couple of hours educating yourself via YouTube and fucking around with the apps themselves, like Midjourney can create the art for you. ChatGPT can create the blog post or the newsletter or the article or the podcast episode. Like there is an actual app for almost everything right now. And the learning curve is as steep as you want to make it. We have like, you can get a PhD level education for free. You can hire 
an entire workforce and pay them in your own cryptocurrency without having to have spent any money, depending on your own tech skills. Don't get me wrong, but there are new ways of organizing and structuring that we've just never really experienced before. And they unlock opportunities, including products and services and ways of monetizing that we don't even know yet. And I, I think that's really, really exciting. I was talking with somebody the other day who was saying to me how, you know, they are so happy that they have scaled down to solopreneur status and that it, they, no one will ever take their work as seriously as them. That is a hundred percent true. That is what I mean when I talk about resistance and your narrative. I would never have a business that I wasn't supported in, in almost every single way that will impact my own income, but it will also impact my happiness and my fulfillment. This person wants control. They want to be fully managing the start to end process. They want to be in direct contact with every single partner, stakeholder, shareholder, client, customer in their business. That is going to limit the scope of their business and the size of their business. However, it, it, is, it, it means the quality of output and the high touch and the customer experience and shareholder experience, like that will be limitless because this person is, is so willing to give 110% every single time to the exact person that they're working for. So you can see how like, they're just two completely different ways of working and they're both right. We both get to run our businesses exactly the way that we need to, in order to make as much impact as possible. And by impact, I mean money, quality of work, quality of life, quality of service. You determine that through your values. So if you're feeling triggered by corporate America or the man or the system or the conspiracy theories or the doomsday predictions, firstly, just take a, just take a big step back, go walk outside. Cause I look outside. I mean, and besides the fact that it's fucking blizzarding, it's gorgeous. Like nature is stunningly beautiful. And if you've been following along at all, you know, I hit a wall. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. I'm actually overwhelmed by all of the opportunity, by all of the different directions that I can run in, by all of the different partners and people hitting me up for collaborations. And it's hard for me to know where to go because I am so genuinely excited about it all. I had to get outside. I had to tune back into nature and to tap into like, what's fucking real. And I've talked a lot about this, but if you are choosing to entertain stories, whether they are external to yourself or internal to yourself that make you feel like shit, you will end up exhausted. You get to choose the information, the news flashes to which you prescribe to. And one of them could be like, you could literally become a tech expert in the next six months and get a PhD in I like to call it 21st century solutions because they've all literally just been created and no one knows how to use them better than anyone else right now. So what are your priorities? What are your values? How can you fill your cup? How can you start putting you first so that you feel empowered by the change that is happening? And I can already hear somebody yelling in the background about money. Well, you know, interest rates are so high and now I have to get a second job and blah, 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 blah. 1000% true. One of my clients, this is an older client. 
Um, they, you know, we were planning their exit. Um, they're a writer. Uh, they, they work in a very specific industry. Um, they have a very niche skill set within that industry in terms of grant writing and funding and, um, applications and so on and so forth. Uh, and so they were going to start their own business. They had a team all ready to go and out of nowhere got a divorce and needed to sell their house, sell their car, um, realized that their partner, you know, essentially at the end of the day, they ended up $30,000 in debt and they didn't feel like they could leave the job, which they hated. And, and they worked crazy hours at this job, like 80 hundred hours a week. And felt essentially like their dreams had been stolen from them and now they're in debt and there's no way out. Firstly, absolutely normal response. <laughs> like we took a couple of weeks to just kind of recalibrate to that reality, right? And then what we did is we brainstormed on ways of making money. And long story short, where we landed was Uber. Now I will tell you, this client was obscenely resistant and was humiliated. We had to like create like a fake name for them. They're like, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. By the end of their first night, they were so excited to get back to it that whereas we had said, you know, if, if I think we had estimated six hours a week would get them halfway through that debt in approximately three months. This person loved the opportunity to make money whenever the fuck they wanted. They started doing Uber at lunch. They started doing DoorDash, but like, um, they lived in a downtown Metro area so they could do like delivery on foot. And so they were getting their steps in while they like, it just changed their entire fucking perspective and paradigm that they could turn the money faucet on whenever they wanted. And they destroyed their debt. They actually got a down payment for a house. They decided that what they could do is become a freelancer and continue to work for their W2 employer as a W9 contractor, so on and so forth. Within like I swear to God it was less than three months that they turned everything around. And what they, you know, they realized like they actually got out pretty easy and they could have spent another 10 years in this marriage and so on and so forth. So your stories are keeping you stuck. Can you find a fairy tale, a lullaby to take you into dreamland? Maybe ChatGPT could write it for you. Oh my God. I said it. I went there. I said it. Something I've certainly done a lot. I call it my um, mid-year crisis instead of like my midlife crisis, but I question everything. I think this is like actually a pretty healthy thing to do um, unless it's actually distracting and taking away from all of your energy. Right. But like asking like question, like this is how I've created so much sustainability and scalability in all of my businesses. It's because I'm continually saying, is this the best thing I can be doing? Is this the best way we can be working? Is this, does this, is this still the best offering out there? How can I create the highest quality for the best value and with like the most internal efficiencies possible. Like I'm continually trying to break it in order to fix it. Right. However, <laughs> this can also be a huge waste of time and energy. And I know that about myself and I know that when I get stressed out or when I feel like things aren't going perfectly, like that's immediately where I go to. That's what I mean when I talk about like, know yourself, know how you work. Right. So I'll allow myself to entertain those thoughts. And then I double the fuck down on what I'm doing. And you've heard me say it once. I'll say it a hundred times. Bank on the miracle 
you cannot possibly expect to happen. This is why I love creating plans and strategies as they give me something to focus on. They give me a day-to-day activity so that I don't spiral down or spiral out. But it's the thing that I couldn't have expected that is always the outlier for success. I'm pretty good. And I, I mean, like, there's also the thing you can't expect, like a global pandemic and forced business closures. And sure, like those are just as terrifying. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I've seen a thousand more businesses fail because of success than fail because of failure. And the businesses that shuttered during the pandemic shuttered for a reason. I'm just going to leave it at that because it's going to sound pretty like victim blamey. But when you find this devotion of energy in your work, when you accept this is my purpose, and I know that because I'm still fucking here, like you, you don't think about being an artist or creator or solopreneur or an online business entrepreneur or an investor and trader or a small business owner because you want it to be easy. Like you're doing this because you don't like the way that it's being done out there. Fuck corporate America. And even if you're using that to fuel your small business or your art or your livelihood, it's, it's different, right? Your devotional work is the, is the, the input to which you expand your output. It is the thing that your energy goes into and you 10 exit because you, you were, you're here for it. Like <laughs> that's why you're listening to this, right? This isn't about what we want. This is about what's being asked of us. And that's why I challenge you today, my friend. Are you willing to be the change you wish to see in the world? Even if it's just finding heirloom seeds and native seeds to plant in your garden and to, to grow vegetables and fruit so that you have a little bit of your own food, even if it feels like it's a play hobby instead of a lifestyle, that matters. Even if you pick up a pencil and start doodling, that's creation. You've just made something that has never existed before. We have this opportunity now, I think, that hasn't existed in like thousands. I don't want to say thousands of years because I think about like even just the inception of the United States. Like people came here to do something different and to quite literally steal an opportunity they would not have otherwise had. They took a leap of faith. And again, that's a whole nother episode. I think, I think we're on the precipice of that exact opportunity, but we can do it in a way that serves us, whatever that value may be. And, and yours are going to be wildly different than mine. Like, I, you know, I was saying this about like the internet with pixels and cookies and data stocking going away. Like every small business has the same marketing opportunities now, now that like corporate is fucked and, and everybody's quiet quitting and they're spending all of their money on resources, AKA offices or people or software systems that like are, are literally working against them and hate them. Like this is kind of an amazing opportunity to start your thing or to build your thing or to scale your thing or to sustain your thing. 
we now have the technology to, to save so much time and so much money. Even if you hit pause on everything for six months and just studied a couple pieces of tech or software to help you, you will come out of on the other side of that leaps and bounds ahead. Uh, listen to the quantum business book club on blue ocean strategy, find what's broken in your industry find the blue ocean where no one else is sailing. You don't even have to do anything differently. You don't have to create something new. I should have said that. You don't have to sell anything new. You might have to do things a little bit differently, (laughs) but this is about values. This is about priorities. This is about what you do best visioning and creating a different way of seeing things. That's it be the change. Don't want change. Don't wish change. Bridge that gap from your current reality to your desired reality. Did I I get everything? I think, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'll end on is, um, I don't, I don't ever want you to think like I, think I have all of the answers or I know everything. I I have a shitload of experience and I I have this really interesting purview into hundreds of different businesses and business owners and, and, you know, business we've talked about this. Like I think of it as an exchange of value that you get to determine whatever that value is. If you want to describe it as monetary, that's totally fine. I use those words because they're commonly known. They have fairly standard definitions. And so I'll talk about a product, even if a product is your fucking psychic magic powers, like (laughs) there's a reason people come to you and there's a way that you're able to still serve them. And that is through an exchange, right? things are changing the the structures within which we've operated the ways of exchange and it's fucking exciting because what's crumbling is the bullshit the charlatans the liars the like one of the things that happened with online sales for for the last 20 years is the super high pressure sell the dream um and and scale fast as quickly as possible what that results in is really fucking bitter, disappointed customer clients, buyers, and whether you're a B2B or B2C, we're seeing like the, the shrapnel, um, the fallout, the destruction, like the, in the, in the wake of that, that approach. And so for those of us who have felt like, I don't want to agitate the pain. I don't want to take on staff that's not sustainable to sell as much as I possibly can to anyone by pressuring them and guilting them and shaming them and using things like NLP to like hypnotize them because at the end of the day, they're not going to come back. And in fact, they're going to be worse off for it. And they're not even going to have the ability to come back even if they wanted to. And I have a, a client right now who's been, you know, getting into digital advertising and hired a company to help with that. And the person who's her mentor and service matter or subject matter expert is basically three weeks behind her in the course. And that is such a common fucking model. And that's what we're seeing in corporate. Like the people that I'm talking to on these customer service calls know less about everything than I do. Cause I've spent so much goddamn time on the phone with these people and in their software, and it's maddening. It's not going to work. If you can do what you do well 
and you can connect with one person at a time, it'll take as long as it takes, but you will grow a wildly successful exchange on your terms, doing it the way you want to do it and doing it in a manner that fulfills you. It's really fucking exciting. And anyone can do this now. You can go to your library and start a business for free. <laughs> like you can get funding, you can get the education and the skills. It's it truly is all available to you right now. And if that's not empowering, I don't know what it is. So please help me fuck the man. <laughs> like let's show them what systems and structures can exist by using them. Let's create new ways of exchange and currency and flow. Let's allow every single person on earth to experience financial independence and financial freedom because they're the own, their own custodians of their livelihoods. And they, they truly do have the access and the accessibility and, and the privilege to perceive the opportunities available to them probably said with like a fuckload of privilege and agency and ignorance. So full, full disclosure on that. But <sighs> I think that's it. I think I got, I got it all out. Thank you so much. Thank you for entertaining my very first, my very first video cast that I, I mean, I've done this before, but I think this one is actually going to turn out pretty well. And here's to many more, a couple more shameless plugs here. This should be coming out on the very last day that the profit squad is open for the now. I will open it again, but I want to like get the people in there, get a good flow going. It's just as much of an experiment for me to see what we can create together as it is an opportunity for you to get accountability and support once a month to gain clarity on your own financial flow. From there, with you have this foundation, you can build whatever the hell you want. It's an hour or two a month. You can do it in your own time. Everything will be recorded. And yes, I'm going to be adding to that and expanding to it and making it super fun. We're kind of already getting started in the discord container in the sense that I'm already in there all of the time dropping shit. It's, uh, very spontaneous, AKA random, but we're talking about the exchange and web three and crypto and business and art and how to start to truly interweave each of these elements so that you end up with fabric and fashion of your making. Right. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different kind of people in there as well. Like I've got some wildly successful entrepreneurs, people who have been in business for years, if not decades. And then I've got artists who have like never quite figured it out. Right. So it's going to be a pretty awesome little community. Um, the discord container invites always in the show notes here, the psychic profit squad link will be in the show notes as well. There are going to be a ton of fun little products rolling out, but I guess what I really want to leave you in is a lot of the videos that I've been creating. And these are completely free resources. The discord container is going to be free forever and always. These are inspired by questions. And I, I know I say this on every podcast episode, but like you're probably listening to this while doing something else that's really important, like driving somewhere or cleaning or um, on some type of exercise equipment, <laughs> which I fully applaud. But by asking me questions, you get your answers. It's really simple. Someone asked about music NFTs. They got a 10 minute video, how to links and strategy for it. So, you know, this is my opportunity to create agency and access for you, but I can only do that if you 
create an exchange by asking me like, what do you need? What do you want? How can I support you? Right? You know where to find me at the BZ channel on all the platforms. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done. That's it. That's all I got. I love you. Thank you so much for being here.